young ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let me begin by uh, reflecting a moment on uh, the nature of archaeology. Uh, the discipline is, in briefest definition, uh, a study of the past and an attempt to narrate that past and to explain that past. And with such a simple but quite inclusive definition, obviously this is uh, tangential to history, indeed an extension of uh, history back into the past. Just where we draw the line is rather arbitrary. I suppose the presence of contemporary written documents uh, is usually taken to indicate an historic period, whereas when one works only with uh, mute objects, material objects, then you're back into pure archaeology. But I should point out that there is a very fascinating uh, intermediate zone, a kind of shadow zone of what we call text-aided archaeology, and this obtains in many parts of the world. For instance, uh, Egyptology, Mesopotamian archaeology, Greek archaeology. Indeed, in the old world, it's not really till you get to the Roman Empire that you have a substantial period of history or historical recording. And we have a similar situation, for instance, in the New World with, in my own field, Maya archaeology, where we have uh, texts, uh, hieroglyphic texts, which go back to the 4th century A.D., which tell us of uh, the uh, marriages and uh, births and deaths and wars and victories and various celebrations of kings. However, in this case, as in uh, various cases in the old world, these uh, texts, which uh, are found along in archaeological contexts, frequently do not... Uh, detail certain types of subject matter. For instance, with the Maya, they never say a word about uh, economy, about uh, agriculture, about population sizes, about whether or not they live in cities, uh, any of these things which uh, information on these can be obtained only uh, from straight dirt archaeological research. Uh, indeed, uh, if you worked only with the Maya hieroglyphic texts, they would seem to indicate that uh, things never looked better. Uh, when working right up toward the end of the 8th century A.D. and into the 9th century A.D., and then within about 50 to 75 years, most of the great Maya sites and cities, uh, at least in the southern part of the lowland area, were abandoned. Uh, so... You, you derive from this this uh, kind of peculiar sense that people uh, are interested in certain things uh, and reflect on those, but are not interested in other things, the kinds of things, for instance, that we think are of interest in the reconstruction of the culture history of a people. Uh, a little scary in a way, that, uh, uh, as well as interesting, that people don't uh, frequently do not uh, see themselves in a uh, complete uh, context. And I suppose, of course, the way we look at them from our perspective now uh, doesn't do full justice or doesn't do anywhere near full justice to the context in which they thought of themselves. Uh, if archaeology is joined with history, 
yet is also closely linked to anthropology and ethnology, to the studies of living peoples and cultures as observed in the present or in the very recent past. Such a knowledge of living societies and cultures is of obvious advantage to the archaeologist as he or she attempts to infer ancient behavior from material residues that this behavior has left behind. A good example of this, for instance, could be cited from present-day Pueblo Indian societies right here in Arizona. The subterranean ritual chambers, or kivas, which are still maintained in Hopi Indian villages, have their counterparts in Pueblo and archaeological sites in the same general area. From this, it is a reasonable inference that the archaeologically discovered chambers once, once functioned in a similar manner to the modern ones. Archaeology also depends upon other sciences and fields of learning. This has become increasingly true with the advances that have been made in the physical and natural sciences in recent years. Such developments as radiocarbon and potassium argon dating have provided absolute timescales for the dating of archaeological remains. Trace element analyses allow us to determine manufacturing centers for ceramics, and pollen counts enable us to reconstruct the past natural environments. But it should be kept in mind that these scientific aids are just that. They are not the core of archaeology, but merely supplemental to it. For archaeology is essentially a humanistic discipline, and the questions that most concern the archaeologist are those about the nature and quality of past human life. This leads us to the matter of the proper training for an archaeologist. I don't think that intensive archaeological specialization is needed or even a good idea for the undergraduate. Many of the best archaeologists have come into the field from a variety of undergraduate academic backgrounds. Some started in the natural sciences, others in linguistics or literature, and history and art history have provided useful backgrounds. I suppose my best advice would be to become educated men and women in the best and most general sense of that term, an objective toward which my Harvard colleague, to boost the whole home team, Dean Henry Rosowski, has designed the famous core curriculum program. Within such a liberal structure, then follow your own interests. Of course, eventually, a burning interest in archaeology is absolutely essential for the would-be archaeologist, given the inevitable discouragements of which a scarcity of jobs is no small one it would be hopeless to plan an archaeological career without this inner drive. Finally, let us move into a more, or onto a more philosophical plane and ask about the larger purposes, the uses, let us say, the, the social uses of archaeology. Uh, most professions, uh, trades, have their very clear social uses. Thus, for medicine, as we all know, it's the healing of the sick and for the lawyer, the adjudication of the many kinds of disputes that arise from the contentious human condition. And so we could go on. The shoemaker makes shoes so people can run more swiftly. So. The engineer builds bridges because people want to get to the other side of the river for very sensible needs. Archaeology has no such clear-cut social uses. To be sure, there have been attempts to give archaeology such uses, but this leads us onto difficult ground. If any of you should pursue archaeology, one of the very first things that will amaze you is how such apparently remote and innocuous subject as the distant past can become charged with emotion. 
Rather than being considered of little value, you will find that the past is precious, and because of this, it is immersed in controversy. And I am not speaking just of archaeologists quarreling about technical matters, but all of us, we are all partisans about our views of the past. We conceive of it in different ways and draw surprising satisfactions from our images of it. The ancient Chinese emperors were perhaps among the first archaeologists. Some of them amassed great archaeological collections because they felt that whoever so owned and controlled the past also possessed and controlled the future. I don't suppose that we moderns would conceive of it in just this way, but the ability to present an effect and in effect to control the past is power. Reflect on the fact that in many places in the world today, archaeology has become an adjunct to nationalism. There may be some justification for this. A pride in one's cultural heritage is admirable. But let us not forget the Hitlerian manipulation of archaeology that justified the doctrines of a master race. In a somewhat related way, archaeology may be marshaled to support theories of social and political development. To the extent that this leads to reasonably objective archaeological research in the examination of these theories, I would say well and good. But to the extent that such theories become straitjackets for research, uh, I would definitely have misgivings. You often hear it said that our scholarly considerations of the past will lead us to wiser decisions and actions for the future, that mankind will profit from his mistakes. Maybe, I hope so, but I wouldn't want to hold my breath on it. I will not try to justify archaeology th this way, for I do not believe that archaeology needs any justification. Archaeology stands on its own. Its pursuit satisfies a very basic human curiosity about the long-gone mysterious past. And whatever practical uses we may possibly derive from it will be only secondary to this central purpose. Thank you.